Welcome to American Patchwork and Quilting Radio, your one stop for creative inspiration. We have a terrific hour of ideas and tips for you today, so let's get to it. Here's your host, Pat Sloan. Welcome to American Patchwork and Quilting's talk show. I'm your host, Pat Sloan. You know, sometimes uh, it's really fun when I go to a quilt show, and particularly fun if it's my own guild's quilt show. I look around, I meet new people, uh, and I was teaching this, um, you know, early summer at our show, and on my lunch break, I was out walking around, and I happened upon a booth that was like, wow, this is neat. I don't know these people. And so I stopped for a few minutes, and I got to talk to the owners of uh, Calico Patch Quilt Shop, and Vicki uh, McCarty is a designer as well as a shop owner. So we are going to learn all about Vicki. Hi, how are you? I'm great, Pat. Thanks. I'm excited to be talking to you today. Yeah, this, I was so fun to just stop. You had a great big booth. You did a lot. I did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, we have a lot of space at that show because, um, you know, we were in a convention center. So, uh, that was, that was really neat. Now, you tell me how you, where you live and where, and how, kind of how you got into to quilting. Well, I am from Moorhead, Kentucky, and um, I spent a lot of time on the farm with my grandmother, helping her when we weren't working on our farm. So, my grandmother taught me how to quilt when I was about 10 years old. Um, I learned a piece, uh, my quilt's by hand. As, you know, we cut all of our uh, templates out of cardboard, out of cracker and cereal boxes, and, and, you know, sit down and we would piece one block at a time, you know, because mm-hmm. you, didn't, you didn't cut them all out like we do today. You'd cut one block at a time and then piece it by hand, and then the next day you'd cut another one. So, oh. um, yeah, but Did she your... would tell me stories about her, her and her sisters. They would uh, ride horses to each other's houses and swap fabrics when uh, when they were in their 20s, and so they could uh, always have these scrappy quilts going on because Mama always liked her scrap quilts. So, I think that that is so funny. Is that they, you know, they were trading like we do now. You know, yes. <laughs> it's like only horseback. <laughs> only on horseback. It's like now. Did your grandmother have a sewing machine? Yeah, she did, but she just said she couldn't ever get her quarter inch exactly like she liked it. So she enjoyed just being able to sit down in the swing or, you know, on the, in her rocking chair and just sit in peace. You know, she did everything by hand. And to be honest, she was fast enough that she could just about do it as fast as I could on the machine. Yeah. Yeah, I think people who do that a lot, I've met those people, Vicki. They're yeah. really quick. <laughs> That's <laughs> yes. Now yeah, you she would load her told... needle up, and it would only take her a couple of loads to get across the square, and then she'd be ready to add the next one. So she was very quick. Very. Oh my goodness! Now you also um, said that she was a feed sack collector. Well, yeah, because she came back. You know, it was back in the time when you know they didn't have a whole lot, and so everything counted. So when she sent Papa to get the feed, she would tell him which. Um, feed sacks she wanted if she needed to match up to something else that she <laughs> was working on. You know, it took mm-hmm. her three feed sacks to make a dress. Mm-hmm. Um, she also would take the, Mamma had 17 children, so um, she wow. would take the chicken feed sacks, they were uh, muslin, and she would bleach those and make all the girls their underwear out of them. So yeah, <laughs> that's the big joke. <laughs> I I think my mother-in-law may have had a pair of those. She wasn't fond yeah. of them. She's <laughs> Yeah, I don't think Mom liked them. Uh, um, yeah. I think they called them bloomers instead of panties. But yeah, that that was uh, they had different names for things back then. I think. 
Yeah. Now, you ended up with a quilt shop uh, in Moorhead, Kentucky, called Calico Patch. Uh, how did how did you you know do? Why did you do that? Well, I had spent about twenty years doing professional photography, and when everything started to go digital, I really didn't particularly want to go digital. I didn't want to sit in front of the computer all day. So, and at the same time, I'd been teaching community ed classes at the high school, uh, quilting classes. And we were constantly filling up the classes, and we were having to go an hour in each direction to get supplies. So I decided I would just stop photography and open up a quilt shop. <laughs> just because you needed supplies. that's Because we that's, needed it, yeah. Yeah, that's the best reason ever. <laughs> that's like, well, I just need one. I need a quilt shop. Uh, right. So because you were teaching at the Continuing Ed, I, I assume you probably um, were designing then, right, your own patterns? Yes, yeah, I've always kind of done that on my own anyway. I hadn't really taken them outside of the shop until uh, last fall we decided that uh, I was going to start taking my designs out on the road. And so we've done 10 big shows this year, and we're going to end, end, end up at Fall Market in Houston. So um, it's just exciting. It is exciting. Your work just really caught my attention. I love folk art, and um, I, I, lo- I don't work in, in sort of the primitive colors, but I love them. Uh, and your work just sort of has a nice mix of things. Tell me a little bit about your style, how you describe your style. Well, of course, I like everything traditional, but I like to add a little bit of uh, the wool applique into my traditional piecing and so i'll mix the wool with the cotton um it gives a little different look a little different texture you know i still use fusible on the back of my wool and uh the same way you do um, raw edge applique press Mm -hmm. everything down and that way i can take it out on the road or if you go to the doctor's office and have to sit a while i'm i'm stitching everywhere you know any place i i go i've got something to sew because i can't stand to sit still and waste my time so yeah. uh but you can get some pretty strange looks you know if you're uh the i think the craziest thing that i did was i take took a little snowman on a cruise my husband and i were on a cruise and i was sitting on the deck sewing little snowman stitching up applicating little snowman and people were passing by looking at me like i was crazy so yeah well mostly because it was the snowmen you're like <laughs> Well, and I happened to be the only one on the deck of that cruise ship that was applicating wool snowman, too. That didn't help. <laughs> That's right. I don't know why more people weren't doing that, Vicki. I, I know. Just, they should have been. Right. Should have been a quilting cruise. Then they would have seen everybody with threads on them and everything else all day. Uh, <laughs> exactly. So I wanted to know if you would just give me a few pointers for people who um, haven't mixed. I mean, a lot of people do wool on wool, um, but you have a lot of beautiful patchwork and then these wool accents. Give me some tips about how to think, like how to look at a pattern and decide what part of it should be wool. Well, it seems to me, you know, the wool, the wool appliques are uh, larger pieces. You don't want to do anything with the smaller, the smaller intricate piecing like you would on just cotton. Mm-hmm. Um, you would want to do something that had bigger pieces so that you can do the decorative stitches inside and, and you know, just embellish it with all the beads and the buttons. I love to do that. So, and I don't necessarily think that you have to do it by hand. Also, I mean, I, I know that that I'm. You know, not everybody's going to be happy with that, but, you know, it's, there's nothing wrong with uh, using your sewing machine to stitch your wool down with, you know. Um, 
some of the ladies just hand works the four letter word and you know yeah. and and they'd be more likely to do it if they could do it on the sewing machine so we we don't discriminate here you can do either way <laughs> so when you're on um the so when you're doing you're going to blank you do you blanket stitch i i think for the wool yes yes, yes. Um, so and I usually just use a 50 weight, 100% cotton, just normal thread, but I like to use a double blanket stitch. And mm-hmm. I know not all the machines have them, but the, but the brand that I use has the blanket, has a double blanket stitch. And I've had people come in and see it hanging on the wall and think that I did do it by hand because of that big heavy blanket stitch. So. Uh. Yeah. You know, I think that's a great tip for using the um double blanket stitch because then you you don't have to buy uh a, a thick uh, an extra thicker thread. You could just use what you already own since most people have 50 weight. Right. Well, and you're more likely, you know, if if you don't like to do handwork, then you're probably never going to finish that piece, but if you could do it on right. the machine, you mm-hmm. know, you get it done. Yeah. And now when you're fusing it, are you um, taking any particular care about the wool? Because so, I know sometimes wool can scorch. Well, I use um, Steamaseam Light too, and mm-hmm. it just seems to work real well with it. And um, I've tried some of the others, um, like soft fuse and different ones, and they just, they don't, they just won't stick. And okay. I don't know if I can't get the wool hot enough, but that Steamaseam mm-hmm. Light too is wonderful. Okay. And then that that way I can just carry it wherever I'm at. I don't have to have pins, and I can just stitch it down. Now, are you also working with um, light-colored wools? Because I'm looking at some of your projects, and you have this really pretty uh, teapot that's pink and um, baskets that have roses, and they've got a lot of pink in that. Is that wool? Yes. Yeah. Oh. It's not necessarily the primitive colors, you know, mm-hmm. um, I just like traditional, you know, the traditional mm-hmm. piecing with them. It doesn't have to be primitive. And I've heard a lot of people come by my booth and they'll say, you know, your stuff doesn't look like anybody else's, but they can't really put their finger on it. So I can't mm-hmm. decide. I'm not primitive, right. I don't think. Right, yeah. right. I think I think that that's the key is that, you you know, you have some darker backgrounds, but you also have gorgeous light blues. And um, it's just uh, really nice and um and, and and cozy. Your stuff is really cozy. Yeah, I liked thanks. your booth. <laughs> Thank you. Now, if people go to your website, you um, actually have uh, your patterns online, and you also are part of the Row by Row so that they can see your Row by Row experience, right? Yes, ma'am. I've done that for this is my third year with that. It's been it's been a lot of fun. We've we've had a lot of people from all over the country coming in. It's just it's really awesome. You meet a lot of neat quilters that way. So what is your, um, we have maybe a minute uh, you can describe. What's your row look like this year? Well, it was supposed to be home sweet home. And if you're, if you ever, even if you've just driven through Kentucky, you can tell that we have a lot of farms. We have a lot of old <laughs> farmhouses. And so I did uh, a farm scene with a barn, and I've got a quilt on my barn. I show you how to do your, I did barbed wire fence with just two stitches on your sewing machine, and I tell you how to do that. So it's just, it's real country looking. That is fun, a barbed wire fence with your machine. Oh, that's cool. (laughs) (laughs) I like to use my machine as much as I can to do those kind of things. You know, we pay uh, big prices for our machines, and we never get to use them fully, I think. Yeah, I think that that's that's a really neat. um, Your shop just must be so much fun to come to. We have a ball here. We do have a good time. (laughs) 
<laughs> so on your website, when they then go to calicopatch.net and see where you're located, see what your um, your row looks like, and you also have a newsletter, right? Yes, ma'am. And so they can sign up for that. Well, Vicki, this has been so much fun. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you stopping by my booth. Yeah, it was great. I mean, I hope you had a good time in Virginia, and I hope on my travels I can stop uh, somewhere close to you and say hello. That would be great. You're welcome anytime. Okay, I will see you in, in Houston. I'll be there. I'll be there. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> this is American Patchwork and Quilting's podcast. Uh, I am your host, Pat Sloan, and we're going to take a break. And when we come back, uh, we have another guest. Choose from more than 100 of your favorite patterns from American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilts and More, and Quilt Sampler, all available online. Buy downloadable patterns today at apqshop.com. Hi, I'm Linda Augsburg, Executive Editor of American Patchwork and Quilting, and I'd like to invite you to join me in making pillowcases and creating smiles. For people who love to sew or quilt, it's so easy to lift spirits and bring smiles to hospitalized kids, homeless families, and others in need. Simply join American Patchwork and Quilting Magazine's One Million Pillowcase Challenge. Make one, two, or many more pillowcases and donate them in your local community. You'll create just as many smiles. Join the movement today. Find complete details, download free patterns, and record your donations online at allpeoplequilt.com backslash million pillowcase quilt along with us in 2016 join our third annual quilt along by making a quilt a one block pillow or all four projects featuring plus sign designs visit allpeoplequilt.com slash quilt along for a list of participating bloggers and designers and to see photos of what staff members and other readers are sewing Share your photos on social media using the hashtag APQQuiltAlong to join the fun. Follow American Patchwork and Quilting on Pinterest to find ideas for bags, baby projects, pillowcases, storage and organization, and more. Visit Pinterest.com backslash APQ Magazine to join the fun. Welcome back to American Patrick and Quilting's talk show. I'm your host, Pat Sloan, and I am so excited to finally get to talk to Pat Bravo of Art Gallery. Pat is the creative mind behind the amazing and glorious Art Gallery Fabric Company. And she is a designer uh, and just quite the extraordinary person. I just love to squeeze her tight every time I see her. Hi, Pat. <laughs> Hey, Pat, how are you? So finally we did it, right? That's right, finally. Yeah, we have talked about this and we've worked our schedules and you are here. I am so happy. Um, <laughs> so, um, Pat, I'm thrilled as well. Thank you so much for your introduction. Yeah, you are just um, just amazing. I love everything you do. I want you to do, give me a little backstory because you learned to um, sew as a little girl when you were in Buenos Aires. Um, when you were doing that, was that like, did you ever think where would that go with your life or was it just something you did? 
no, I always was, you know, um, a very tactile person. I love to do everything with my hand. In fact, I actually started, uh, you know, doing cross-stitch, um, cross-stitch in, um, you know, in the elementary school. Luckily, mm-hmm. my mom, um, you know, she um, uh, had the great mind to put me on um, elementary school with home economics. So um, I did a lot. I, I, I used to do a lot of crafts in mm-hmm. my, uh, you know, my um, elementary school. So I always love it. I think she saw something in me that I really love crafts or mm-hmm. crafting in general. And um, uh, she found that school and she put me in. And I really, it, it's, a, it's a love, it's the love of my life. Yes. Um, and then, yeah. And then at nine, uh, I started to, uh, you know, like uh, sewing um, on my mother's uh, sewing machine because my mom also sewed when she was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I love to sew. And then, um, and then at 13, I said I wanted to study, you know, tailoring, um, pattern oh, dressing. Wow. And, um, yeah. Um, and she said, no, you're too young. I think you should wait. But, you know, I really made it, uh, into mm-hmm. an, um, an institution also in Buenos Aires, Argentina. I made it an institute that I studied two years. Um, and mm. so my first love is sewing. Sewing. For quilting, <laughs> I fell in love when I moved to this country. Oh my God, that was amazing. <laughs> I don't know if you know the story about uh, me and in a Joanne trying to figure out what a lady was doing, you know, um, <laughs> with a pile of balls. She was a, a real- addition in fabrics and she was just squinting with her eyes and moving past the, the uh-huh. balls up and down, up and down. And I said, I, I, I asked the salesperson, I said, what is she doing? I said, yeah. she's audition on fabric for a quilt. And I said, what is a quilt? Oh. I never saw a quilt ah. in my life. Uh, so that's the first time that my... you heard about a quilt was in Joanne's when a lady was auditioning fabric. That's so Yeah, much. 1989. 1989. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. And there's my other, you know, love um um, relationship with quilts, you know, this is an, something that I, I truly enjoy. I really love, and it, it became an obsession, you know, it became an obsession, an obsession because I, I know that when I start quilting, I start putting, you know, sewing on the side a little bit. Um, so I did, I dedicate all these years, you know, to teaching myself, uh, you know, and doing a school and trial and error, um, buying books, many books. And we learn some tools to learn. <laughs> so, Pat, um, my way so up, Pat, tell I, me, yes. tell me when you, um, dis- when did you decide, you know, you were quilting and you had, you know, a family, uh, and when did you decide to tell your husband, Walter, that you were going to like start a fabric company? You know, how did that happen? <clears throat> oh, okay. Um, well, actually, you know, when um, we used to live for 14 years in New York, and my husband was all his life an entrepreneur. He's a brilliant businessman. Um, we are married uh, for, for almost 32 years already, and um, he always was in business, and we were living in New York. And then um, I, always, I always loved Miami. I love Florida weather. So when we had the chance to sell the company that uh, we have, the clothing company, we have clothing mm-hmm. company, um, you know, uh, we have the possibility of uh, moving to, to Miami. And then ah. over there, over here, I mean, I start, you know, 
quilting more and more and more. And, and actually, I moved from traditional quilting to landscape quilting or art oh. quilting. Um, I moved to, to landscape quilting, and in, mm-hmm. in that moment, you know, around, you know, 1990-something, uh, you know, it didn't find all the colors that I wanted to recreate the landscape that, um, um, at that moment in 1990, 1992, there was, mm-hmm. uh, there, there, there was only batiks. Um, oh. And there was, you know, a couple of reds, a couple of greens, right. but I want more. I want shrubbery, I want rocks, right. I want trunks, <laughs> I want... You at landscape um, fabric. So, yeah, landscape fabrics. And then I, I said to myself, why well, don't start painting my own fabric? So mm-hmm. I started painting, um, painting. I learned. I learned a lot. I, um, and I start because I was going to a guild here in Miami. I uh-huh. used to, t- you know, to do show and tell and right. going there and showing my friends you know, all the beautiful fabrics that I have been painting. Mm-hmm. Um, and they said, oh, my God, Pat, this is amazing. I love it. And they start buying from me, you know, okay. quarter panels, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> have, have your panels. And then people, you know, start saying, why don't you take them to shows? Why don't you uh-huh. do shows, consumer shows? People would love this. So I start doing, you know, small shows here mm-hmm. and there in Miami, in, in Dallas. Uh, you know, in Texas. Um, and then um, my husband was seeing kind of all these movements. You know, I was doing everything he was doing on my own. My husband oh. was looking for, for uh, something else to do. And then mm-hmm. I said to him, you know, why don't you come to me to Houston Festival? Because, you know, I want to see what the other people are doing, what the masters are doing with painting, fabric painting, you right. know, because I used to see, you know, the... Uh, the masters, you know, our quilters and right, the right. beautiful pieces they were doing. And he came to me and he was mm-hmm. surrounded by 60,000, mostly women. All and, the quilters and, and at said, Houston, right? Yeah, in at Houston. <laughs> and he said, oh my God, this is unbelievable. I never mm-hmm. thought that there was a, such a thriving industry. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, would you like to start, you know, painting more? So I started applying for quilting festi- for quilt festival, and right. I started applying, and I started going. I take in my booth, you know, and oh. um, I remember I used to paint around 800 pieces, and I came back, you know, hands empty. Wow. Um, people love it, and they ask me for bigger pieces, you know, mm-hmm. and but be, fabric painting is not the same as fabric dyeing. So for me, right. it was very difficult, you know, to lay fabrics on the floor. My my actually my house was entire floor was, you know, fabric wet, damp, you know, right. and all the stages to be dry. So um, people, it was such a big demand that um, he, he, he said to me, would you consider the possibility of the star designing fabrics and we can start a company, both of us? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, but there, there, there was something in my life you know, mm-hmm. besides that, that I, I I was sure that I will never work with my husband. But you <laughs> see, I, I I didn't supposed to have that, that sure because yeah. you know I start working with him and um, little by little we with a lot of effort uh, we mm-hmm. start uh, building this uh, company that um, you know um, I I truly love. It's our gallery fabric. But um, I don't know if most people know this about me because people know me as a fabric designer, you know. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. in the beginning, I designed the fabrics 
all myself. And wow. then um, when That's... we start grew, yes, I start designing. I was designing in the beginning around six, six collections a year, which is a lot. Yeah. Right. Um, that is a lot, Pat. Uh, That's a lot for you to put out all by yourself. We have like about, we, you have so much information. It's just been so, but we have about a minute and a half. So I want to get in a couple more things, okay? Um, you sure. are, <laughs> I know, you are like, you are just so awesome. Uh, tell me what your most, tell me your personal collection, the one you've designed that's in the stores right now, the most recent one. Uh, well, the most recent one that is in the stores is Essential 2. It's a companion uh, to Essential 1. It's mm-hmm. a, a, a range of two or a group of 20 fabrics. There are kind of blenders that can be used. There are in three color groups, mustard, blues, and um, fuchsia. And it can be a companion as a blender because mostly there are two tones, and they mm-hmm. work really well with most of my collections. And now I'm launching, um, in, I'm debuting in September with my new fabric collection. Um, with the, the name is Heartland, and uh, you're going to be able to find um, all stores across the country and um, across the world in uh, September. Uh, it's you know people can see all of your work of course at your company name uh, art gallery fabrics but also they can go to patbravo.com where you write yes. and showcase you have glorious pictures of your fabrics made up uh you know it's so inspirational that's a lot of work yeah that's a lot of work i also make make patterns that can be mm-hmm. people can find it in uh, com and mm-hmm. uh, in crafty.com mm-hmm. i sell the patterns digital patterns um and mostly with um you know quilts that i design for the fabric collections that i launch Right. Yeah, this is just, you have um, really developed a beautiful style, and you have other designers now that work, uh, have lines that you produce and you curate and work with. Uh, Pat, this has just been so great to talk to you. Thank you so much. Maybe we can we can um, um, we can repeat in another uh, you know another uh, episode that I can yes. tell you a little bit about uh, the fabric designers that work for our gallery and and me my career my evolution as a fabric designer and you know so yeah. we can keep chatting. We'll have to do a part two. Thanks, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you very okay. much. Okay. Bye, bye, everybody. Bye. We'll be right back. Boost your sewing skills from start to finish with daily tips from the editors of American Patchwork and Quilting. Visit tips.allpeoplequilt.com for inspiration. Hi, I'm Linda Augsburg. Join me for a fun video series called Show Me How, brought to you by BabyLock. Each month, I'll show you how to complete a simple project from start to finish. Learn new techniques, see tips, and sew a great project with me. Visit allpeoplequilt.com backslash videos to watch. Get two full years of American Patchwork and Quilting delivered right to your door for the price of one. That's a full year free. Every issue is packed with never-before-seen projects from top designers, detailed photography, complete materials lists, and easy-to-use pull-out patterns and quilting diagrams. 
Subscribe today at allpeoplequilt.com. Take an ultimate shop hop tour of 11 top quilt shops. You'll find them all in the current issue of Quilt Sampler. Available now at your local quilt shop or on newsstands. Welcome back to American Patchwork and Quilting's talk show. And this is August. That means I get to ter- talk to Mary Abreu of Confessions of a Craft Addict. Mary is coming on every month, and we are doing sort of a detailed talk about things. And today, Mary, we're going to talk about sewing hacks. Yay! Yay! You know, it's like, if that's a term... Um, that's been around a long time. I mean, because I come from a computer background, you know, I, I, we've probably had it longer than anybody else calling something a hack, but maybe not. Maybe there have been car hacks. I don't know. Do you, do you remember the first time you ever heard that word? Oh, gosh. It was probably um, back in the 80s. Yeah. Um, and it was definitely related to, related to computing yeah. for sure. Yeah. And, and now it's become a lot um, more commonplace in using it in, in different ways and related to technology. Yeah, I think nowadays people like use it to just mean you've kind of gone in and found a way to change a tool or a process uh, with common stuff, you know. Yep, it's totally doing, um, doing something or using something in a different way than it was necessarily intended to be used. Yeah, so it's making, not a bad word. It's a yeah, good thing. Yeah, no, it's thing. not about it. There's, there's yeah. nothing negative about right. it at all. I think it's actually um, kind of a um, creative innovation mm-hmm. sort of that goes with that now. Um, you know, it's the, that, that inspiration to re- reuse and repurpose things and maybe find a way of using something to solve a problem that you may be having or um, mm-hmm. get creative. It's really, it's really kind of fun. Um, and yeah. it's one of the things I really I love doing. I love seeing, go, you know, different things that I can use in different ways. Um, you know, I used, um, I, I made my cutting table down in my sewing room is actually um, hacks from Ikea. Is I have Ikea desktop legs that um, are can raise up and down, and I put a kitchen countertop on top of it. So it's very sturdy, very heavy, and I made it the, the height that I want to make it. And I've seen other people use similarly use um, bookcases for the ends of mm-hmm. their cutting table and use a countertop as well. So they would have um, extra storage in that. I needed a taller table. It works if you're if you're a little bit shorter. It works, but I needed I needed the height, so I couldn't use the bookshelf. Yeah, you're you're a tall girl. You don't want to be bending over to exactly. Cut. It's great, and so I have like no back strain right. at all. I have my my cutting tables at the perfect height, um, and it was just basically buying something from two different departments at IKEA and going to the hardware store and getting um, L brackets to mount everything together. So that sucker is stable. It takes like four people to move it. (laughs) (laughs) It's not going anywhere. It is not going anywhere. We're going to go through. I thought it'd be fun. You and I will just sort of go back and forth with some different hacks that we have for things that we do. And then I want to talk about your your book that's coming up at the end. Yay! So I'm going to talk about one that I have today, which is actually the video I did for FreeQuiltPatterns.info for my... Mystery. I have my mystery came out, the August block, and I'm taking a rule. You know how rulers, Mary, sometimes they don't have the line going all the way down? Yeah. Like, 
Yeah, so they because all these rulers are designed different ways, you might be using it like as a hack to do something it's not really designed for. So if you take tape, and of course you have to take cute washi tape, you know, something cute that you can see, and then just extend the line of what you're what you need to visualize so that you can just place that exactly where you want rather than guessing, did I get that eighth or this eighth? So that's my, uh, I have a video on that so that people can go watch it. Yeah. Right, I love it. I use washi tape on rulers too, and I like yeah. using it to mark um, the line that I'm cutting uh, cutting or marking. So like I had, I had summer camp last week, and I had the girls using the ruler to mark where they would be turning hems and making casings and things like that, and I would just use the washi tape so they could mark that, so I could say, okay, so you're going to mark a line all the way around from this edge mm-hmm. um, right here so that they could get a consistent line all the way around, and it's really nice. I like doing it for that and for, like, when I'm squaring up, um, if I'm squaring up blocks to trimming, mm-hmm. whatever, half square triangles or something, if, I'm, uh, if the block is a different size than my ruler, um, so that way I can make sure that I end up with all the right size yeah. Squares at the end instead of having to go <laughs> a couple more. Yeah, yeah. You know, the um, also if people aren't really sure what washi tape is, it's it, there's a lot of it out there now. It's tape that's colorful. You know, it's not like the clear tape because you need to be able to yeah. see this um, when you're marking with it. Yeah, it's it's, it's basically patterned masking tape or, mm-hmm. or like patterned masking tape or painter's tape. It's nice, low tack. It doesn't leave a residue. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also really, really cute. Yes. <laughs> Mine yeah, has I have, I'm not going to tell you how many rolls of it I have. Uh, <laughs> less okay, less so, than I have fabric. Oh, well, yeah, there you go. Yeah, so they're small. They don't take up much space. So I have another one that, uh, you know, I don't use um, cones, thread cones that often. And so uh, way back before I had a, a holder for it, when I did use a thread cone, I, it, you know, they topple over and you need to feed the thread off of them. So you can get a drink cup that has a lid, and just put it in the drink cup and feed the thread out through the hole. Works pretty good. I love that idea. I'm going to have to steal that one. That is so perfect. Um, I like, I am perpetually misplacing my um, quilting free motion gloves, and so I (laughs) put a a safety pin, because goodness knows I have a million safety pins, and a command hook Uh, on my my sewing table, and so I can just, when I take them off, I just, safety pin them back together and hang them up right there um uh-huh. and they are they are right there it has been like i have not misplaced them since i started <laughs> doing that it's fantastic well i except for when i left them in the wrong spot in the room but <laughs> what's was, a command hook i'm like the command hook are these fantastic um 3m makes them they're a, a removable hook you can get different sizes you can get command strips oh. i use the command strips um and it's basically an adhesive on one side um and you can either stick it to like a hook. I've used it for hanging up rulers. Um, they might be double-sided adhesive. I've used them for hanging up actually quilts that I know because oh. I like to change quilts up and I don't mm-hmm. necessarily have the same size. Mm-hmm. And so I can just put them up with the command strips and mm-hmm. then pull them back down. And the, you do have to be careful. It is, in fact, possible to pull the paint off of your wall yeah. Oh, um, yeah. if you're not careful, <clears throat> which yeah. my husband was really excited about. Um, but then I just put another quilt on top, and so it's like it's sort of like a victimless right. home crime. It can really happen oh, if you can't see it. That's right. If you can't. It doesn't happen if you can't see it. That's right. It's just a rumor. There's a rumor about it being there. There's so, a rumor, but it's unsubstantiated. Yeah. <clears throat> 
I was uh, in uh, teaching in a workshop real recently, and, and somebody had a hack for their machine that I had totally forgotten about, and I thought I would share that one because if you're not, for, you know, when you're in a workshop environment and you brought your own machine, you you know often don't have a chair that's high enough, the table's all the wrong height, you know, everything's wrong ergonomically. So a lot of times it helps for that, and also for your home environment to take door stoppers and um, set them just in the back so the skinny part is just underneath a little bit so this sort of tilt your machine coming towards you a tiny bit and then depending on how much you know you could tilt it even more they make items you know trays that there are these triangles you can put it on but the door stoppers have people have used them for years and it's just enough um you know if you're not power sewing you know it won't shake the machine just enough to give you better visibility particularly in a classroom yeah i you told me about that i had not heard that and i love that idea i'm gonna have to try that i'm gonna just stick a couple of those in my in my travel bag because i think that's such a great idea and they're Especially not when you have a chair that maybe just sinks and you can't get it to stay at the right level all the time. <laughs> you have a chair in a workshop that moves? You're oh, lucky. Oh, I know, right? <laughs> and so one of the cool things I found is I always love finding things that are different uses. And, and I like trying to keep my bobbins. Sometimes I don't use a full bobbin. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I have I have my basic colors that I go through a lot of bobbins. But sometimes I've, if I have to spool off a, uh, a color and I don't fill it up. Um, use it all up. You can put um, a golf tee will hold your bobbin and your thread together, mm. and you can just keep those stacked together, um, I, I, which I just thought was genius. And I also like yeah. using the little um, little soft jersey ponytail holders, or like mm-hmm. little kids' pigtails, just like wrap around the bobbin so it helps keep them from coming undone. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good yeah. one. And you probably you have you have a, a daughter, so I bet you have a few of those around the house. Just. A you, yeah, and it's a, it's a great thing. You can pick them up at the dollar store, like mm-hmm. twenty for a dollar or something. It's it's so crazy, and you can just stick them on there. You can color code them if you want, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's not get too crazy. Um, yeah. So let me. I have one more here. Um, and the binder clips. You can do all kinds of different things with your binder clips. Um, I, I like being able to take your instructions for a specialty ruler. You know, they often get separated, but yeah. you can just take a binder clip and clip them to the specialty ruler. So then you're not like looking in that drawer, or that folder, or wondering what what the heck, where did you put that? Um, yeah, I love that. I use them for rulers. I I got a desktop paper file mm-hmm. um, that has the different for like a document sorter and mm-hmm. that's what I have my most frequently used rulers are on top of my tape my work table so that I can grab those um, and have them have them nice and handy and organized and out of the way yeah yeah cool okay so now we're going to talk about your book coming out called hack that tote hack it's that like, tote yes I Yay. love it I just and got my has... author copy on Saturday I'm <gasps> so ridiculously excited um I, this is my third book and and i still just kind of giddy and oh, yeah. nervous um, yeah the goosebump moment it's like oh. it really is I, yeah. it really is i i, I enjoy it and, and i love this it's um it it's only been like 10 months since my last book came out and mm-hmm. um it, this one just sort of happened very organically and um but i i just love it and it's really it, it it's very near and dear to my heart is that i teach um a beginning sewing class at in town quilters learn how to sew class and i teach a tote bag because i really want to, um people who 
learn, take the class to have something useful mm-hmm. um, when they get done. And a tote bag is, is pretty generic. I've had men sew it, women sew it, people of all ages sew it. Um, and so it's a nice, good, basic project. But I really love being able to transform that pattern. And that's what sort of the genesis of this book is it taking this base pattern and making other things from it. But I also sort of I really explain that process mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. the book. And that was really fun for me to really dive into the theory and how to do the modifications and things to know um, when you make these modifications as far as spacing and corners and different interfacings and different fabrics. Um, so I'm really excited. The book is, is out uh, in September um, from Stash Books, CNT Publishing, and I'm, I'm really pretty jazzed. Two of my favorite projects are on the cover. Um, oh, that's one, always awesome, isn't it? When it's like, yeah, it, it really is. I was like, oh, I love those bags. <laughs> I don't have my bag samples back yet, so I haven't seen any of these things for you uh-huh. know, the better part of a year, and I really mm-hmm. want to get my hands on them again and just love them and welcome them home and <laughs> pet them and a little bit. And then you can't use them because now they have to stay pristine since they're... Exactly. So they'll, I'll, I'll get to enjoy them, but um, then other people will gonna will get to enjoy them too. So I loan some of them out to shops that carry the book and... Mm-hmm. and do trunk shows and things like that. So um, it's really kind of, it's kind of fun, but then it's kind of like, okay, well, hello, babies. Now you're going out in the world. Right, right. Come home. Okay, welcome home. Okay, now go out and do some work. It's yeah, like, kind of. You know, it's kind of like having college students, I think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, come on in. All right, go get out there and yeah, do something useful. Work. So I want to wrap up um, with with each of us giving just a real quick, we have like about a minute. Uh, out on the Moda Bake Shop, there's a whole section that is about tips and techniques. That's what, kind of what Mary and I are talking about. And so you can find them under, um, I think there's a tab that that's, oh, okay, Mary, my brain. I think it's okay. Moda Bake Shop Basics. Yeah, yeah, the workshop basics. And you can also just go to tips. That'll kind of take you there. So my favorite one is July 22nd right now. They have a project tracker sheet. So you can go out to the Moda Bake Shop and download that. Okay, Mary, 30 seconds. What's your favorite? 30 seconds. There is a whole set of free printables on the Moda Bake Shop, everything from equivalent measures, bedding measurements, how to mm-hmm. cut up layer cakes and use charm squares, basic setting measurements and sizes, and knits. They, it is just an indispensable little free printable library. I just love yes. it. Oh, that's a good one. Okay, so we both gave you a printable today. So, Mary, thank you so much. Thanks again for having me, Pat. It's great chatting with you. You too. People can follow Mary on a more daily basis at that that craft addict on Instagram. So, I'll talk to you again. Bye, Pat. Looking for fresh, simple, and fun projects and ideas? Check out the current issue of Quilts and More magazine at your local quilt shop or on newsstands. Join American Patchwork and Quilting on Facebook for daily quilting inspiration, tips, giveaways, and more. Find us at facebook.com backslash APQ magazine. See our editors share their tips, ideas, and techniques by visiting allpeoplequilt.com and clicking on videos. See what other quilters are up to on the American Patchwork and Quilting page on Facebook. Simply go to Facebook.com and search for APQ Magazine. Welcome back to 
American Patchwork and Quilting's talk show. I'm your host, Pat Sloan. And for this last uh, segment, I, we're going to do a little deep dive into um, die cut machines with Roseanne Kermis. And she is of Rosebud's Cottage. And you ha- love when Roseanne comes on and we get to chat about something in depth. So, Roseanne, thanks for being here. I'm happy to be here, Pat, to talk about die cutting because you know it's one of my favorite things. You are like the die cut queen. You have been doing this. How many years have you used a die cut machine? Um, I think about uh, over 20 years. um, I started using it when I was a creative memories consultant and we used it Mm -hmm. to cut shapes for scrapbooks. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. during that process as well, if I can cut paper, I should be able to cut fabric. Yeah. And then I should be able to cut wool. So that's how it's kind of morphed for me. Right. I I know this, like you've been telling me for years, you need to learn how to do this, girl. And so (laughs) now first, I have to tell everybody because I'm just so excited. You are a licensed designer with Sizzix and you have a whole new set of so adorable dyes. Uh, Just tell us um, what what they are and uh, if they're available yet. Okay. Um, I, I'm, I'm proud of the fact that Sizzix asked me to come on as one of their designers, and I have a whole program of uh, design shapes for probably the next three years that are all, for me, geared toward wool applique because that's the thing that I like best. However, they can be used for fabric, so keep that in mind. Um, so these first uh, couple dies are, are kind of like background dies. I did a, a penny mat, so you know how when you see a, a penny, you know, like a table mat that has the scallops on the end. I mm-hmm. made a mat that you can use that as your base to put other shapes on top. I also did another one called the uh, penny circles and tongues mat. And that's for um, when you want to attach the, the uh, traditional tongues to, um, you know, uh, uh, your, your basic penny mat. So it has the mm-hmm. two sides of the tongues and circles, and they all nest with each other. One of the great things that's on that die is Sizzix let me do really small itty bitty circles. And those are ones that I use for little pops of, of color or inside flowers or things like that, because mm-hmm. we all know that circles and curves are really hard to cut. And then yes. the third one that just came out is a, a stocking die. It's a, a basic, uh, not a, uh, a big stocking because Sizzix already has one of those in their arsenal, but this is just more of a decorative kind of thing. And I've uh, used it full size. I've cut it in half to use it as like a little advent uh, stocking or a gift for a coworker. So it's got a lot of possibilities um, in that regard. Uh, and then going forward, um, my next group of dyes will be out in uh, October at Quilt Market. And without giving away too much, those are mm-hmm. all have all themes um, that will you can put on top of these basic mats that I just talked about and also mm-hmm. some of the other shapes that um, Sizzix had. So that's going forward. I'll, everything I make works within each other. So the, the projects are all interchangeable. You can take a piece from one and a piece from another and create something on your own. And that's my big emphasis with working with Sizzix. I want people to uh, be able to use my shapes to be creative on their own. Uh, I just love that concept. So um, once they have the first set of dies and then it works all in conjunction and it's so perfect. It's like, I just love the one where the tongues are attached to the mat. That is brilliant because they're a pain to put on sometimes. um, You can make it a little bit longer by 
not cutting all the way to the to where the other end is. You can fold your wool back and mm. cut it um, so you can make it a little bit longer. And I usually use masking tape to mask off where my fold would be on my my fabric. Um, mm-hmm. The other thing too is you can use just part of the die. So I have um, uh, some little skinny dies. I just use three of the scallops to make just mm. a little little mat for like on a little counter or along a, an edge of something mm-hmm. so it's got a lot of versatility there i've used the dies too to make pouches and um you know just different things like that so i just there's a lot of different things you can do with it and that's what i wanted um, these dies to be for neat now we're going to because i have decided um and the wonderful people mm-hmm. of Sizzix have um been helping me here (laughs) i guess that would be the word they have um so i have one of the machines that i've opened big shot plus this is a big shot plus and because you know i am i have seen them used and i have used them a long time ago just a little bit but pretty much it's been a while as you know (laughs) so Mm -hmm. i wanted you to tell me um and i have a few you know questions so we kind of go back and forth roseanne i'll just ask you a little bit about when you open a box for the first time and you really don't know much about how the different components are. It's very simple, but it's mm-hmm. it's unusual. It's not like you know you're using machi- a sewing machine all the time. It's some different yeah. things that we need to know. So the the um, the Big Shot Plus it has um, a, a it's like this unit with with one die that came with it. Mine has circles. I don't know if they, I think they might all when you buy it does. But there's some components. What are like all the components that are in that die with the okay. plastic and all that stuff? Okay, so the, um, the the one thing that I told you not to throw out is um, <laughs> the Allen wrench that comes with the die, with the machine. And right. that Allen wrench is what you're going to use first to attach your handle. But later on, if your handle becomes loose or you maybe need to move your die cut someplace and have to take the handle off, you want to have access to that. So after you're done attaching your handle, I want you to take a piece of painter's tape and tape it to the bottom of the machine. So it's always there whenever you need it. It's always right there. Um, The other uh, parts of that machine that you have, and I'm glad you have the plus because that one is my favorite one. It's got a little bit of a wider base, and Mm -hmm. I find that it cuts really evenly. And it doesn't kind of step across your counter when you're you're cutting, uh, especially thicker pieces. Mm -hmm. So you have have that, and you also have two pieces of acrylic, and we we call those cutting pads. Okay. You you have that, and you have die cut, and then the other uh, thing you'll need is something to cut. So when you are ready to, um, to to cut something, we're going to do what we call building a sandwich. Mm-hmm. You're going to put down a piece of acrylic first. I put okay. my die cut with the cut side up so I can see the shape. I mm-hmm. cover my um, shape with, with my fabric or my wool, and I often cut them so they're about uh, a quarter inch extra all around so I'm not wasting uh, the fabric on something else. And then you lay your second cutting pad on top of that. And what you want to do is uh, make sure that the front, the two, you know, the the front of the cutting pads and the die are Mm -hmm. even and push it up to where the roller is. And that's, um, at that point, you want to start turning your your crank until the whole sandwich kind of engages. Now, one of the nice things about the Sizzix die cut machine, too, is when you get to the other end and you remove your your piece you can crank it the other way so the the yes it goes 
either left or right. Both ways. Know? Oh, that's neat. That's yeah. a time saver if you're doing like a bunch of shapes, right? Yeah, yeah. And you don't have to like lift it up and move it back to the beginning. You can mm-hmm. just put your, your uh, pieces on top of that, crank it the other way. So those are that's pretty much all you have to do. And for people that don't understand what die cutting is, I think if you think of it this way, the the dies that we're using for fabric and wool are the, a thicker die, and they are a really super sharp piece of metal that is bent to make the shape, and it's embedded into a foam base, and that foam base protects you from getting cut. Mm-hmm. But when you put your, uh, your, your sandwich together and start push, putting it, uh, cranking it through the machine, what it's doing is it's compressing all the layers together. So your fabric is getting cut by those blades that are embedded in the, the die cut. And, yeah, and they're really they, sharp, right? So you don't want to be pressing are. on that foam. Yes, you could, you could cut yourself. Your hand. Um, yeah. I yeah. mean, you'd have to press a lot, but, you, you, you know, you're, you know, <laughs> you're like getting that sharp. But so that's how a die cut works. It's compression cutting. So I have a, I know I've seen, you know, I've been to your shop and I've been into your, your studio space and I've seen, you know, all of your pieces. And I know that one of the things that it's, I think, hard to, I don't really know whether it's supposed to look like, is talk a little bit about how the, the acrylic, the, um, the cutting pad starts to, how do, you, how do you take care of it? I guess that's what I'm saying, because you get marks on it. Yeah, well, and they're meant they're meant to have marks on them um, right. because they're protecting um, the rest of the machine from having those cuts and stuff. So you, your first one, you you cut you cut through, and it's whatever shape you know you cut is is on it, and then you just keep using it over and over that way. I to make my uh, cutting pads last a little bit longer. What I do is for um, a while I'll use just one on the bottom and use the same one over and over again on the top until it starts to get like a lot of cuts in it, and then I'll mm-hmm. switch them. And mm-hmm. then I'll use the the under one on top. Um, when I start to see that they are getting like uh, really deep cuts into them, or they sometimes will with a lot of useful bow in the middle, then mm-hmm. I. Uh, replace them with a new cutting mats or cutting pads rather and um you know the Sizzix has those a lot of quilt shops have them um you know, they're easy to find and i usually try to have a couple backups for me but that's because i cut a lot of stuff so right. um so that's how i extend those also um when they start to you know when you're you know using them they, they'll maybe catch some of the fibers and stuff i take them into the sink and use a little scrubby and some soap and just wash them up just to get some of the fibers out of them and that's mm-hmm. used to extend it a little bit um but i get a lot they get a lot of use with me and i don't change them that often so okay. i think uh, someone using it at home maybe won't have to but i always you know just suggest having a backup yeah, yeah, that's that's really. I like that tip where you use one until, and then you flip it, so you have the other one kind of then fresh. Yeah, kind of so, fresh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we we this this has been great. We have just about a minute. What is one more important thing for a new person to know when they just start working with the die cut machine? Um, I think if when you're working with a, a fabric that has a right and wrong side, you have to really look at the shape. So let's say you have a bunny that has a face that's facing to the left and you Mm -hmm. want it to look to be facing that way when you cut your piece Mm -hmm. you need to put your um wrong side up or Mm -hmm. if you have fusible your fusible should be up at you know looking at you so that when you crank it through the 
the bunny is facing the, the direction you want. So right, you need right. to decide which, you know, if, if you want it to face the other way, then you just reverse it. You just, you have to um, pay attention to that. Um, okay. And then, uh, that, you know, I think another thing is um, when you are cutting a lot, I like to clean up my machine after I use it a lot. So I'll, I'll wipe the whole machine off with a damp cloth and I will um, use a soft brush to brush out any little fibers in my die cuts so that they... Mm-hmm. Um, don't have, uh, you know, the, the threads and stuff embedded in them, and, kind of, you know, that kind of deteriorates the shape. But I just like to have them dusted off and put away um, for, for new. So, um, Ro- Roseanne, this has been awesome. This is such great oh, yeah. information. I am actually going to go cut something today. That's how inspired I am. Yay. Pictures are, it didn't <laughs> happen, Pat. <laughs> I know. I know. It will. It will today. So thank you, Roseanne. Visit Roseanne Kermis out at Rosebud's Cottage and look for her dyes with Sizzix. Um, this has been so great. Thanks. Thanks, Pat. This is American Patchwork and Quilting's talk show. I'm your host, Pat Sloan. We'll see you next week. Remember to visit allpeoplequilt.com for more information on topics from today's show, as well as how-to videos, free printable patterns, and additional tips and techniques. 